welcome to Ask a Priest. I'm Tommy Dome. I'm on staff here at St. Basil the Great, and this is our administrator, the priest, Father Ryan. Great to see you. So we're here for Ask a Priest. A couple, I don't know, a week ago or so, we had Brexville Home Days, and we had a booth, and there was a little can, and you could submit a question to Ask a Priest. So we're going to do those. Yeah, so these are all of your questions. We are here to answer them, and uh, people from Brexville all over, actually. So here we yeah, go. Yeah, parishioners, non-parishioners, Catholic, non-Catholic. And we're going to sort of go back and forth between lighthearted and a little more serious. All right. I have not seen these, by the way. This is my first experience. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Do you have to wear those little cloak things? Uh, <laughs> like this, I'm assuming? Uh, this is the we'll little... We'll talk about this, then we'll talk about a cassock, if that's what they're thinking. Yeah. Or like Matrix thing. Okay, yeah, because... I don't. I don't like that they call it this little cloak thing. I'm a man, <laughs> but um, uh, but a little man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They do ask us to wear. Uh, in fact, it, the outfit, if you will, for the priest is a black Roman collar with black pants and black shoes. That would be the official uniform for a Roman cleric in the United States. Um, but I mean, when I play sports, I'm obviously not wearing it. Or my day off, I'm not. Or on vacation, traveling, things like this. Um, but, is there any meaning or significance? Yeah, well, this is kind of the strange thing is it's actually hard to find the official meaning of it. Um, make one up. I will make one up. Okay, I was going to say there are some, though. But, okay, well, okay, well, give no. us the legit ones, then All make right. up your own. So the idea is that black isn't flashy or anything. So the idea is that, like, we are meant to really not communicate ourselves or our ego or things like that. It's not just, like, sleek and cool black. It's really the idea that we are dead to the to the world, the values of the world. And then over time, the meaning of the white was that the white is right on our voice box, that we're meant to be voices of truth, that we wouldn't cause confusion or dissent, but bring people around the truth, what is good, what is evil, as well as like a voice of purity. We, we hopefully aren't being harsh or aggressive or vulgar, but bringing really good things. Now, we're human vessels, but nonetheless, this is what the calling is for and our outfit, if you will, these um, clothing would, are meant to remind that us of that and be that. So... Yeah, and the New Testament certainly in several places talks about purity of speech and also uh, making sure you have right teaching. Yeah, and it means teaching false doctrine. Jesus so came as a teacher, sense. right? So as that's the, the whole idea. As the voice box. Number two, what was your first concert? I think my first concert was the Beach Boys at Blossom with my mom and dad. I think that was the first one, but shortly thereafter, I went to the Blossom and I saw Journey and Heart. Heart open for journey. Oh, heart, dude. And uh, it was a great show. It was intense. And that, and, and I think the Doobie Brothers were in there somewhere, too. Those were like my first three. Oh, but you used to go to jazz clubs a lot, but those, I guess you can't consider that a concert. Well, I mean, concert you could, but those were, sort of big. those were like in high school. But middle school, I was going to Blossom and stuff like that. Okay. Why do priests lean over to speak blessing into the host at consecration? Man, oh, yeah, yeah. Saying little words. That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I, um, well, I think that the idea is that the words we are speaking are performative, right? So what we're saying is something's happening. Think of like a baseball game where someone's sliding into to steal second and the umpire says, you're out. That performs something. It doesn't just inform. It actually makes that person out. They are not safe. They are out. Because of those words. Because of those words and because that umpire has a certain power in the game of baseball. At Mass, I've been deputized with a certain power by the Holy Spirit to be ordained to say these words at this time 
over the bread and chalice. And as I say those words, which are Jesus's words through the Holy Spirit, this ceases to be bread. It ceases to be wine. Well, this is coffee, but in the, at the mass ceases to be bread, ceases to be wine and actually becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So we do this and we lean in physically as the idea that I'm speaking this into these elements would also be an invitation for everyone else to be drawn into we are guaranteed that in the properly deputized man, the ordained priest, and through the words of Christ, that God is entering into creation and transforming things for our sake. And so there's a sacred leaning in. Hmm. Very cool. So, yeah. And it's like in the very, very beginning of the book of Genesis, God says, Spoke the let word. there be light, boom, light. Right. Or when Jesus in the scriptures and also you say, your sins are forgiven. Forgiven. Yeah. Well, also, even when he calms the storm, right? He's asleep. They wake him up. He says, be still. Mm, the mm-hmm. storm, all of creation obeys Jesus's word because he is the word of God spoken over all of creation. And now he's given us that power, not because Ryan Mann becomes great, but because for the sake of the body of Christ, he's asked certain individuals to be the vessel of the saving actions. So, yeah. Words make things happen. All right. Ask a priest, what is your favorite food? Oh, I like Italian food a lot, um, but um, I, I, I've got a growing love of seafood. Um, I've always liked some seafood. I'm trying more and more different kinds of fish now, hmm. and um, I'm enjoying that a lot. So the, the Italian food, seafood. What's the difference between Alleluia and Hallelujah? A-L-L-E-L-U-I-A and H-A-L-L-E-U. J-A-H. Oh, hey. Well, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know this question was going to come. But since you asked, I uh, maybe I'll just look it up real quick for you. And, uh, <laughs> this is a big old book. Uh, I, it's too big for me. Uh, it's called the Catholic Bible Dictionary. Dr. Scott Hahn, great Catholic author. If you ever want to pick up any of his books, accessible, very meaningful, sure guide to the faith. He just says... Um, if you look up Alleluia with an A, it says here, see Hallelujah with an H. So if you see Hallelujah, it just says that word means praise the Lord. And it's in the Psalms, and it was it's used in the New Testament a few times, but it's really used in the book of Revelations, when, uh, you know, the book of Revelations is just like the revealing of what's happening in the spiritual world in heaven. And what we see is all of those who've been victorious over sin, Satan, and death by trusting in Jesus— all of them are singing a hymn of praise. And that hymn of praise is captured in the word hallelujah or alleluia. And so it's a victory song of those who have received and conformed their lives to the power of Jesus. And so it's a, it's a great thing. So when we sing it right at mass, because it's in a lot of our liturgical functions, the way we pray, we're doing it right before we hear the gospel, right before we hear the saving actions of Jesus. So we are, it's a rejoicing song to say, we are now remembering and participating in Jesus's victorious action. Awesome. Yeah. And since we're baptized and confirmed, we are like inserted in to his activity. So as a unique, unrepeatable people, our own stories, our own lives get to share and witness to the saving action. Why don't you hold up that book one more time? Because I also own this book and it's really cool because... If you don't want to read a whole book length treatment on a topic, but you just want a little bit, I mean, it sounds boring because it has the word dictionary and it's a dictionary. <laughs> it's obviously in alphabetical order, but 
if you just want, you know, it's a couple paragraphs or two, three pages on a major figure from the Bible mm -hmm. or a major event or a major concept, it's uh, it's really helpful. Yeah, if you're someone who's like, you know, I've always wanted to grow in my knowledge of the Bible, this is a real help. Let's say you open it up and, um, all right, the book of Malachi, it tells you a little idea about it, breaks it down by chapter for you and lets you know its purposes and themes. So it's an easy way to just kind of have this by your side as you're reading and if you did this 10 minutes every morning, a little of this, a little Bible reading, in a month, you'd be much more familiar with God's word, which means you'd be much, much more familiar with the ways of God. That can't hurt you at all. And you can just look up what you want to look up. So you're always interested. It's rather than reading a book and you're just like, do I really care about this thing? All right. But the difference between Alleluia and Hallelujah. So Hebrew is a different um, language. Language. <laughs> With different <laughs> alphabet. So yeah. when you transliterate it into English, people can do that different ways. So there's different. Well, it's like styles. Hanukkah and Hanukkah. There's an H and there's a CH. Yes. Is Father Matt a good cook? Smiley face. <laughs> I don't know if that. <laughs> Did Father Matt write that? <laughs> I know his smiley faces. Uh, so far, all I've gotten from Father Matt has been uh, like bratwursts and burgers. And uh, those have been very tasty. He makes a very good bratwurst. All right. Mate. What's your favorite thing to do besides being a priest? Um, I love uh, having a good time with my friends. Uh, that could be anything. Summertime, outdoor cornhole. It could be on a boat. It could be playing basketball. Um, still very much like going to comedy clubs and jazz clubs, although post-pandemic, most jazz clubs haven't come back, but comedy clubs have. Um, but yeah, spending time with my friends. All right, now I'm going to... Get real deep into this same question. What's your favorite thing to do besides being a priest? So we're going to talk about doing and being. Okay. Okay. So even when you're playing cornhole or listening to jazz or comedy, you're a priest. I, I am. cornhole. Yes. Or listening to comedy. Correct. Or jazz. So what is it about a priest being a priest? Because there's being and doing in here. So a priest isn't just someone who does certain things. Mm -hmm. A priest is someone who is a certain kind of person mm -hmm. in their in their being, in their essence. Right. So the the idea that my identity has been affected by what's called ordination. The philosophical term is an ontological change. But what it means is that being Ryan Mann is different. Ever since May 14th, 2000, May 17th, 2014, right? On that day, something changed about being me, which means anything I'm doing at any time, I'm doing it as an ordained priest. Now, Something changed in your soul. Something changed in my soul. And it is a, um, the difference between me and an unordained man or woman is that, or unordained man is certainly the idea that um, it's not a different in degree, it's a different in kind. It's really important because sometimes we can think, oh, I'm the holy one because I'm ordained. No, that would be a different degrees. That's not what happens here. I don't think I'm a better person because I'm ordained. It's a yeah, different it's of not kind. magical, not superstitious. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I am uh, like you are one kind of apple, like Washington Red, which no one likes. And I'm a Granny Smith, way better, superior. <laughs> it's actually, those would be different degrees. This is a different kind. You're an apple, I'm an orange. Like there's a different kind happening here. So it's you're set apart, St. Paul says, for the sake of everyone else. So yeah, when I play cornhole, when I'm on a boat, when I'm grocery shopping, getting my hair cut, I'm still a priest. The analogy would be like a married man. There's not a time where you're you're not husband to Kara, you know? And it takes a while actually for husbands to realize that like psychologically or subjectively that like, 
oh yeah, I am always hers. All right. And that helps. It helps you grow in that identity and you become happier when you conform your life to that truth. Similar as a priest. First few years of priest, it takes a while to realize, oh, I'm the youngest one in the room. People are calling me father. Okay. That's important to realize. That's why I really like it when people call me father, Ryan, is because it reminds me who I am. It's not a power play. It's Oh yeah, there's a there's a sense in which I'm meant to have a heart of a dad for you, delighting and enjoying you, caring for you about your greatness and your flourishing, but I'm not meant to be just a random guy. You know, I'm, I, there's a certain relationship I have with the church and really all people. So that'd be the being of a priest. Yeah. Let me try and offer a lame analogy. I like so, analogies and lame ones are even better. <laughs> so this is a coffee mug and it's essence like it's reason for being what it's all about is to hold drinks for humans to drink out of coffee right usually so it doesn't matter what drink you put in it it's still a cup it's a mug for drinking but if i filled it with water and then put flowers in it i've changed like that whole thing it's now a vase you know what i mean and I don't know. That's what I think about mm -hmm. in the change with a priest or even with baptism, because every baptized person had their soul changed, mm -hmm. and a, a permanent mark put on it when they mm -hmm. become adopted by Christ. Yeah. It's like you said, it's an analogy, All right? So there's some things about that that are right. Something's changed and yet it didn't become something totally different either. It's still, it's still a coffee mug or it's still the container. There's some overlapping similarities. Someone's yeah. baptized. They don't cease to be a human being. They're still the nature. What are they? They're a human being, but they're a baptized human being. And that qualifier matters. All right. Last question, because I'm about to run out of coffee, but it's the last question. Anyways, how can you incorporate God into your daily life? Um, I'd say a few things. The first one is St. John Vianney, who uh, lived in France and is the patron saint of parish priests. He said, if you don't pray in the morning, the devil has you all day. Now, uh, saints have a way of being uh, intense, right? Uh, but uh, we can pull out to certain elements of truth that if you're married, one of the things I imagine you do in the morning is you roll over and kiss your beloved and say good morning and start your day, right? It's a way of kind of renewing your marriage. Where, good morning. Hi. Okay. I'll be up in 10 minutes. Give me 10 more minutes. All right. And then you go on with your day. Um, that you begin your day in the relationship of love, right? Similarly, to begin your day with God is to renew you in your identity. I am his. He loves me. That relationship, he's there for me. He cares about me. He has plans for me. He wants to guide me. And so one of the ways to increase your awareness of God throughout the day is begin your day with him. Another way comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He calls it the examine prayer. And we think of, oh, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Ask for forgiveness. Yeah. His is about raising our awareness. He thinks you should stop at noon and sometime towards the end of the day, Five or 10 minutes, stop everything, ask God to be with you, and just become aware of where has God been that day? Who has he spoken through? What events have moved you? And how did you respond? Did you reject him? Were you open to it? Were you kind of not even aware it was him at the time? And that's another big way to grow in your sensitivities to God. So begin your day, noon and end of day, stop and ask these questions. Where, was, where were you today, God? Become aware of how did you respond to that? Say, thank you. Say, all right, give me the grace to be even more attentive going forward. Those two ways would be huge, simple ways you could do to start growing in your awareness of God. Another one is um, to have something physical in your life. 
that reminds you of Jesus, Mary, the church. So whether that's um, a crucifix on your wall that you touch, you know, a picture of your favorite saint, something in your car, like a prayer card somewhere in your car. So it could become like a holy drive. If you're driving to work, it's a place, it's like, it becomes like a shrine for you, rosary beads hanging. All of these things are called sacramentals. They're visible signs that remind us of the invisible realities. And one of the things that's really important to be aware of God all day is he is invisible, but constantly making himself visible and accessible through things, people, good art, etc. And so those would be three things. Morning prayer, stopping throughout the day and asking, where were you, God? Was I aware of you? Uh, how can I grow in that? And then something physical that could stand out for you. If you started implementing that, man, so quickly your days would change. Encounters would become more meaningful. And you're like a child. You'd be very excited. Like, Where's God next? What's he saying to me? What can I mm -hmm. hear him saying? How can I be mm -hmm. his presence in the world for others? Things like that. Yeah. right on. All right. Well, that's all I got. We can do this again sometime. I hope so. I like right. the screen. It'd be a lot of work for just a one-time thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's moving. So I guess uh, in the near future, we'll ask for questions again. Is it, social media? Or? This is going to be on social media, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you have any questions you want me to answer, you could submit them uh, right, right, right at the there, bottom of this video. Right at the bottom of the video. Any question you've always wanted to ask a priest about God, Jesus, the church, life, things like that. And we'll... Yeah. Or send me an email, mm -hmm. tdome.org with Love questions it. and happy to take some lighthearted ones and some serious ones. That'd be great. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What is your favorite thing about being married? Oh. Hmm. His wife, Kara, I'm assuming is watching. Uh, she's right out that window <laughs> with bated breath. <laughs> Better say me. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> favorite thing about being married is probably, I don't, I don't know how to put words to it. It's, uh, there's just, we just get along so great and we're just a team. And I love our daughters and we're raising them together. It's like, just, it's just so, so great. Like the communion, the together, like the we-ness. Like some people say, when you get married, you go from an I to a we. Like you feel like we, us. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm particularly blessed. Uh, my wife is like the perfect, she's the perfect, perfect person for me. That's correct. I tell her all the time. Hopefully her love language is words of affirmation because I'm smothering her with those all the time. Yeah. Hopefully it's not acts of service because <laughs> then I got to get off my rear and do something. Yeah. Yikes. Or quality time. You have to stop this video uh, and go be yeah, with her. Yeah. <laughs> no. Awesome. Thanks. Well, thank you so much and God bless you, our listeners, and we'll see you next time. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel or to this podcast, you only listen to one or you only watch the other, try and, and pair up so that you can get more inspiration, education, prayerfulness, and, and learning. Thanks. Thank you. God bless.